Hey, welcome to another episode of Open Door Policy. Each episode, we sit down with a joyful missionary disciple to hear about how he or she is unleashing the gospel in the Archdiocese of Detroit. And today we're blessed to be joined with Kathleen McCann, the Executive Chairman at United Road Services, to hear how the Lord is working in her life. Welcome, Kathleen. Good evening, Father Steve. Good to Thanks. be with you. Thank you. And of course, we have everyone's favorite guest oh or gosh. host, uh, Danielle. Danielle, how are you doing? Hey, we're co-hosts. How are you? What kind of graces are in your life, Father Steve? I'm doing great. Thanks, Danielle. Well, lots of quarantine graces these days. I, I like writing and I rarely get a chance to write. And so these days that are a little bit quieter, a little bit less opportunities to do other things have allowed me to do a little more writing, some that I've been able to share and some that is just kind of internal right now. And so I'm really grateful for that. What, uh, what's God doing in your life, Danielle? Um, thanks be to God. I, I also had some chance to work on some more art, but what I was going to say is I've just been really thankful for the friends in my life, the support system, even though we don't see each other. Um, we do stay in touch with texting throughout the day, and that is that is a big grace. It means a lot, you know, to have someone that you can share with. So, yeah, good to be good to awesome. be here. God is working in awesome ways, and we'll get to hear a lot about that in uh, Kathleen's life. So, are you ready to jump into rapid fire questions, Kathleen? As ready as I'll ever be. Okay, <laughs> I will ask the first five, and then. Uh, if you okay. want to give us a quick answer, and then we'll we'll go back and go into them more deeply later. So the first question: What was your first job? Uh, I was a babysitter. What is the most beautiful church you have ever visited? Um, so I, I would say locally it would be Old St. Mary's. Um, internationally, I have a. You know, Our Lady of Chestahova, there's a side altar that has this beautiful sculpture of, of Mary's uh, Assumption and the crowning waiting to happen, and it's just, just stuck with me. It's just gorgeous. So those two would come to mind. Love it. What was the most recent song that was stuck in your head? Uh, so... Um, so I, I, I guess this would qualify as a, as a song, but the the um, Divine Mercy Chaplet. Yeah. I can't make I can't make it go away. I'm not that I need to make it go away. It's a good. It's probably <laughs> it's probably a, a good thing to have in the back of your head all the time. But it, that that music is just there after the, you know this past week. So. Sure. In which fictional world would you like to live? Wow. That's a that's a really tough one. Um, In a non-coronavirus world, yes, right. <laughs> which is fictional yeah. right now. <laughs> I'd like that answer actually. Yeah, that's a that's a great answer. I don't think I can top that to be honest with you. Good. And what is your favorite breakfast food? I don't eat breakfast, so. Oh, okay. I, you know, so that's a that's a tough one for me. Probably cold pizza. If when I. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Good. Uh, Kathleen, who would you describe as your hero? Well, I, my dad um, certainly would would fall into that category. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. 
What Bible verse has been uh, on your mind lately? Uh, you know, um, particularly in this time when we can't go to Mass, I'm reminded of one of my favorites is, is um, uh, from Kings when, when the angel comes and, and says to Elijah, get up and eat or the journey will be too much for you. That's, that's always been my, uh, it's, ever since I first heard it, it's, it's stuck with me because I, I, I love going to morning mass and um, I'm going at odd times of the day and different, <laughs> different places around the world, you yeah. know, uh, which is kind of neat, but, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back in that morning, morning routine, if you will. Yeah. Can you name a location where you had a really powerful encounter with God? I've had, uh, uh, I guess, a, a couple um, that come to mind. Both happen to be in in uh, in church by myself, just me and the Lord, I'm praying. And um, would you like me to, to tell yeah, you Yeah, any about particular it? church? Um, sure. Well, uh, it was uh, when I was at Our Lady of the Snows in Milford. And um, I was a parishioner there. Has to be 20, 20 years ago, uh, before we moved around. I uh, I was I was praying and it was uh, just a deep prayer time and I had uh, the Lord told me that I am all you need and it wasn't it wasn't um, I mean it it actually caused me to like <laughs> you know sit up straight. It was a it was a it was um, there was no question. It wasn't part of my prayer. It was an interruption to the prayer and an answer to the prayer at the same time. Um, but it's it was very profound for my life. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, who's the most famous person you've met other than Danielle Center? Oh well. Um, how about uh, President George Bush? Oh, wow. All right. 41 or 43? 41. Uh, 41. He was uh, he was doing a speaking engagement, and I had a chance to say hello and have a photo with him. And, yeah. Awesome. And then the last question we have for you for Rapid Fire is, what is the favorite book, your favorite book you've ever read? Well, I mean... You, you can't say the Bible. I can't. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. A, that's um, a lot of books. We'll it's a, it is a lot book of books. It's a library. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Probably a recent book that I've I've read uh, for the second time, which is unusual for me to go back and read a book uh, again, is um, "Into Your Hands, Father" by uh, Stinson. Winifred Stinson, born in 1927, was a Catholic priest, Carmelite monk, and author. Thank you. We're going to circle back to a few of these really quick. I have I the one that I'm curious about is your dad. What made him heroic? What was he like or is he like? I, is he still with us? Yeah, um, no, he's with God. I uh we lost him a, a few years ago. Um so my my father was a a really really interesting, really gifted um man. Uh he he was an only child. And uh, grew up in Detroit. His his uh, his father was an iconic figure, the athletic director and a Hall of Famer at a University of Detroit. My dad, my dad, um, uh, obviously grew up in Detroit, and uh, he he 
uh, although he went to um, uh, business school and taught school for a while, he always wanted to be a football coach. And he hmm. uh, started coaching in the Catholic high school leagues and then went to college and ultimately into the NFL. And oh, wow. he was, he was um, a deeply intelligent, kind man. Um, hmm. And he became, he, he, he was very close to Jesus early in his life. And I think fell away uh, for a while, as is often the case um, for some, at least for for being a practicing uh, Catholic. But for the last thirty years of his life, was a was a daily mass goer and was incredibly influential uh, in a in a very normal but very effective way as a as a model and as a guide and as a a man who who understood his faith deeply and could share it with ease with with anyone regardless of their station in life and um so he's 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 just wonderful wonderful dad what a good yeah yeah and let's talk about babysitting for a minute uh were you a good babysitter (laughs) oh are you kidding of course i was yes (laughs) what what does it take to be a good babysitter as someone who has never babysat in his life (laughs) have you not you certainly never will all right all right this is not about me i'm just okay i'm putting it out there kathleen what does it take to be a good babysitter practice I, i i i was the oldest of six kids and so oh, wow. it was it was essential that I that I learn how to babysit because my mom <laughs> my mom needed help and uh, and so as all the kids would would grow up you know we we took on responsibility very early and uh, and then ultimately because you've got so much practice the neighbors want you to so <laughs> capitalize on it why not exactly. right You're like, hey, I got this skill set exactly did you ever get paid yeah. to babysit your siblings no. No. Danielle, did you ever get paid to babysit your siblings? No, my siblings and I are super close in age. So even though I'm on the older end, I'm only four years older than my youngest brother. So it it didn't work. Yeah, and you're uh, you're at the end. So didn't work. Yeah, pretty much the end. Yeah. I babysat other people, though. So. That's Got that right. on that's, your father, Steve. <laughs> that's where the earnings come in with other people. Yeah. Not, yeah. not in the family. <laughs> For sure. Thank you so much. We love hearing your stories and we really appreciate them. Sure. Kathleen, I would love to hear a little bit more about your story um, and where you're coming from. So I do know that you are the executive chairperson. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how God is working with you right now? Uh, well, sure. So I've, I've been uh, really blessed to have a, a terrific career. Um, I uh, just, just so you know, I never thought I would go into business. I thought I was going to be a teacher and a coach kind of following in my dad's footsteps. But ultimately, I ended up uh, getting a business degree and I I went into public accounting. And that ended up being a a wonderful launching pad to go to another company where I was there for over 20 years and learned a lot of of skills. Uh, We did a lot of acquisitions and divestitures and built businesses and in a lot of different industries. It was very, very uh, interesting and 
um, uh, just terrific. And I ended up leaving there about 10 years ago now. It's hard to believe. There was an opportunity to uh, join United Road uh, as their president with an eye toward ultimately becoming the, the CEO, uh, which... So, which so ended, just... Yeah. For for the listeners who maybe don't know a lot about United Road, could you just give us a real quick synopsis of what the company does? Sure, sure. So United Road is a, a very tech-forward uh, logistics company that moves finished vehicles, which means cars, light trucks, and heavy-duty trucks all around uh, North America, uh, primarily primarily Canada and, and the United States. And we move 4 million-plus vehicles every year for... Uh, new car manufacturers, new truck manufacturers, for rental car agencies, for auctions, for dealerships, all kinds of different customers, 10,000 unique customers. And we've got about um, 80 or 90 locations around the U.S. and Canada and have uh, nearly 3,000 employees and independent contractors uh, who are on the team. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's and we're such wonderful people. Yeah, right. And so a couple years ago, I, uh, I uh, stepped into the executive chairman role, and my successor took over as CEO. So, yeah, so that's, what's, that's United Road in a nutshell. And, um, and how yeah. has God been working in all of that? Well, you know, Danielle, it's, uh, God, God has worked in every every segment of my of my life and my career uh, all the way through i i never would have believed in a million years that i'd be doing what i've done or had the experience that i've i've had and that his, you would be it, on open door policy right or in that, that you would have for made sure it to, to such <laughs> heights as being on <laughs> no. honestly i i it's it's really it's really the peak of my career this could <laughs> this conversation Right. So, but, but I will share with you, I will share with you, um, you know, when you talk about God, God working, um, a couple, couple different things. Number one, when I, when I was thinking about going to United Road, I, I actually had a different opportunity in mind that I was, I was sure I was going to take. And again, it was one of those times where I, I really wanted to please him. I wanted to do what he wanted me to do, not what I wanted to do. And I was sure I was doing something else. And, uh, but in prayer, it uh, became very clear to me that this is where he wanted me to go. And it, it was absolutely the right decision in retrospect. Um, every big decision I've ever made in business that has been a good one, it has been because I stopped to pray and to ask God what he wanted me to do. And to guide me in the decision making. I mean, certainly not every decision I've made has been the right one, but every time I've done that, it's been a yeah. good decision. <laughs> you know, it's like how many times do you need to learn, right? Um, <laughs> right. right. But but he's he's just been he's been in it through it all. Um, you know, particularly right now, and you know, we look at at all the struggles that industry and families are are having as they they deal with the uh, coronavirus. It's um, it's been a, a really deep time for for prayer and 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 peace. There's urgency in everything, and there's a lot of trial and challenge in everything that's going on right now. But but when you have that relationship, you also can have a very deep peace that hey, God's in control. He's got this. 
Um, one way or another, this is going to work out. Things always work out. And, um, you know, you got to be patient and, and trust that, that um, he's in control. I'm, I'm not, right? So in your whole life, when you were a kid or growing up or early in your career, did you have that kind of uh, foundation of your faith? Was that something that you had always kind of had with you, or did it grow over time? Oh, it absolutely grew over time. You know, it feels a, a little bit like I had it very strong at, at an early age. Um, I, I remember wanting to be a, I think this happens a lot with little girls too. You like the, you like the habits and you think, oh, I could be a nun someday, you know? Mm-hmm. And I certainly had that. And then ultimately, ultimately that faded in, in my, my, um, I would say my, my investment, my personal investment in my faith also faded as, as you, you grow up and you and the world starts flashing things in in front of you and all the shiny objects that you start chasing and I chased a lot of them, but ultimately ultimately God is very patient and He's very good, so good and He He kept um, putting people in my life or putting putting uh, things in my life um, where I just started learning again and started appreciating again. Uh, the, the deep faith that I had been baptized into. And, um, and then, then the light bulb started going off and my, my curiosity and my desire to learn was turbocharged. And, um, and that was, you know, probably 30 years ago. Um, and so ever since I've been on this, I've been on this great journey uh, learning more and loving, loving every bit of it. I am, I am so, so enthusiastically Catholic. I'm so grateful to be Catholic. Yeah. Thank you. I, I'm wondering, um, one thing that's just like, frankly, really impressive is to be such a successful woman in industry. That's not something that comes easily or, um, you know, something that's always handed to you. How has um, that been, how has your faith impacted um, what you feel like you're able to do or where you feel God has called you? Can, can you speak to that a little bit? Uh, sure. Um, so I, I, I've never taken a job where I didn't feel completely uh, inadequate to the task. Okay, so God just love to, you, man. <laughs> just to tell you, um, it's very and and it's it's always that's always been the case. Like, wait till they find out I don't really know what I'm doing, you know. <laughs> and and I, and, and I I'm saying that a little bit in jest because obviously you start to you start to build your skill set and you start to learn how to make decisions and you start to learn how to use and build a team and to um, you know pull it together one way or another to ask the questions that you need to ask. And experience is a wonderful thing, right? Um, and, and so, oh, yeah. um, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had, had these experiences if there weren't a lot of really generous teachers along the way that helped me uh, to build those skills and to forgive me when I made, you know, the mistakes that we all make along the way. Um, but, but, you know, um, I learned a long time ago that, that God is he's in everything that you you have to lead an integrated life i can't be i can't be um, one person at home and a different person at work or one person at 
church and a different person at work. I, I have to be myself all the time. And that means that I'm a, I'm a disciple and I'm an executive and I'm a wife and I'm a sister and they're all wrapped up. And, they, and it, has to be, it has to be an authentic integration or, or you just, I mean, it's a good way to go nuts, right? You try and segregate all these different things that, uh, that you're involved in. Um, can can so. you share a little bit about the, um, I, you know, I heard you speak to the young Catholic professionals, and I know uh, you get to do some mentoring. I don't know how much you get to do, but what's it like being on the mentoring end now and kind of being able to share this wisdom and experience and encouragement with kind of a, a next generation of, of people as they move up in, into their careers? Oh, it's it's such a gift. Uh, it really is. A, it really is a gift. I I had the I, I really had that gift given to me by so many people who who sometimes knew they were helping me and a lot of times didn't know that they were helping me. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, there, it's if you learn to pay attention, boy, there are there are things you learn to do and things you learn not to do from the people around you, but they all teach. They all teach and. So it's a it's a real grace for me to be able to um, share my experience and offer offer whatever you know modest help that I that I can to people who who seek out my my feedback on things. It's uh, I, I'd love to do it and I'm I'm grateful to do it. And you know what's what's also terrific is occasionally you'll hear from somebody that you helped me with. A, B, or C, and you had no idea uh, that you that you helped them at the time. But but you know words words matter. Things you do matter. People pay attention, and um, even when you're even when you're not trying, you're you're impacting someone else's someone else's life. So it's been a real grace. So Kathleen, I remember when I was in seminary, you know, Seven many, years many old. years ago, <laughs> long, long time ago. No. And I remember seeing uh, your face, your image on the wall at the seminary. You were on the board, I believe, at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've been involved in uh, the life of the church for a number of years, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> thankful. Thankfully, I have. Yes. <laughs> and so uh, I'm just curious, like, with Unleash the Gospel, with this movement that we're on as a result of Synod 16 that's like three and a half going on four years old now, to, to see what, like, how, how you see God has been working in the Archdiocese of Detroit this past decade or a couple of decades, being involved in some of the kind of um, consultative and high-level leadership uh, positions in the Archdiocese. Uh, yeah, so it's it's incredible, really. I... I uh... I was just saying to someone earlier, I can't wait to be 10 years from now or 20 years from now and, and look and see where the, the archdiocese is at that point. It's, it's, there is so much, so much momentum, I, I believe, that's, that's building in the archdiocese. Really good things are happening, and we're just, we're just dripping in blessings. Um, not, notwithstanding the challenges that are out there, the very real challenges that's those are those are I think it was Francis de Sales used to say those are like mosquitoes buzzing around your head at at the end of the day ultimately 
ultimately the momentum has just been incredible. I mean, if you if you if you think about when when the arch when our archbishop who is just we are so blessed to have Archbishop Vingran in in uh, as our chief shepherd. It's it's just incredible the work that he's done on our behalf and um, the 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 way that he is uh, so close to the Lord and and so intent on discerning God's will for the archdiocese. But you um, you know you, you think about when we started Unleash the Gospel. It was really. It was really um, born of a journey that had that had started even before that. When he got here, uh, when he when he first got here, there was a significant investment that needed to be made in in um, at some of the maintenance matters in the archdiocese. Um, we don't need to go into all that, but it was there was a lot of heavy lifting uh, that that he undertook, and he did it by surrounding himself with. Um, with very talented clergy, very talented lay people that work together uh, very collaboratively to solve these problems with him. But ultimately, you know, his heart's always been about mission. And so we start, he, he starts through praying about the direction. How do we change the DNA in the archdiocese? How do we become a missionary people? How do we, how do we um, just re-envision what it means to be church? Go back to our roots, really. And, um, and so through that prayer, uh, he, he uh, put together a, a group of folks and started talking about what that would look like. That ultimately evolved into praying about a synod. Um, and there were a whole host of other things that happened. You know, you think about um, the, the amazing parish conferences and the mass for pardon, which was one of the most powerful things that ever happened in the Archdiocese of Detroit. And then um, we have, we have the, the, this amazing synod, and I was graced to be able to participate in, in that. It was, just, it was just incredible. And the Holy Spirit was, was at work at that synod. And then a year later, we have this beautiful pastoral letter. And then we have the beatification of Father Solanus Casey. And then we're, we're, we're starting with the... With the um, the Catholic school's vision, we, we lay out a new vision. And along the way, there's still this constant prayer, constant discernment around what God, what God wants. How does he want us to live out this document that he's graced us with, right? And we've, we've pivoted along the way. There, initially, we were going in one direction, but ultimately it became clear that, that really the archdiocese as a whole through our parish families needed to do have, if you will, mini synods, have, um, do their own missionary strategic plans, have their own um, uh, 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 plans on how they can become a missionary people, the ground troops of carrying the good news out there. And so all of these things have just, been, have just been building one on another on another, and you see the enthusiasm, you, you see the, in, the involvement of our of our lay faithful and the excitement around actually not just worrying about maintaining the, the bricks and mortar of our churches, but actually doing what God called us to do from the very beginning is go out there and, and tell people about him, tell them about the good news, right? Let's, let's, 
Let's be a heroic people. Let's be a missionary people. It's just, and, just awesome. And all the different ways that gets done, right? Like, so oh, right. I know you've been involved in the seminary. Now you're very involved in uh, Catholic schools. And I know you have a heart for the work of Solanus Casey and the Capuchins. So yeah. just like the work of Unleash the Gospel isn't one slice of the people no. or one particular work, but it's, it's as varied as the people that God has created to do the work. No, that's one of the beautiful things about about our church, right? It, it, there are so many dimensions, and it's an it's an inexhaustible, um, just cornucopia of ways to be involved and things to do and I mean, charisms, if, you know. So yeah, if Danielle Center and me <laughs> and you, Kathleen, could all be part of this, we're all three different people, pretty right. pretty different right. temper- temperament or kind of uh, you know different experiences in some ways and the way the Lord can use each of us. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Right. You know, it's interesting because, um, you're talking about that timeline and, and it was a very real timeline for me and for father Steve in in really different ways though. Um, I was working at the chancery for some of that father Steve was working at the, for all of that. So it's just interesting for you to like go back and, and, it's all of our story, right? Like it's your mm-hmm. story, but like, like the synod was important in my life and in my spiritual um, growth as well. So it's it's just really cool to hear that. And then you did mention you're excited to see the Church of Detroit in 2030, in 2040, in 2050. Right. Um, what what is making what is filling your heart with hope? Like what? What are things that you're like, this is good, and I'm, I'm thankful to see these things happen? Well, I, you know, I have, a, I have a, a deep appreciation for the difference one person can make. And I, I also think that, that when you, you bring those individuals together, there's, there's this force multiplier. And my expectation is that, you know, I have, a, I have a lot of confidence. One of the good habits, Father Steve, right? A lot of confidence in, in God. <laughs> confidence <laughs> in God. Amen. Amen, right? And what, he's, and what he's doing. So I have no doubt. We have, a, we have the benefit of a little bit of a rearview mirror here. But the windshield is really exciting. And looking, yeah. looking forward as to how he's going to work uh, with all of us. I, I, there's just... I, I think I, there are just so many reasons to be hopeful. And the, the primary reason is because he told us to. And he, and he, he doesn't break his promises. He, he yeah. just, he's, he's, got, he's got a perfect track record in that regard, by the way. Okay. So. I know. I agree. That's great. You know, we were chatting a little bit earlier, and you said something that I, I wrote down on this piece of paper. And you said uh, this quote how important it is to, quote, form our children through the eyes of faith. Um, Mm. We do have a lot of families who listen, and I was just wondering, like, what does that mean to you? How do you do that? Why is that important? Can you tell us a little bit more? Sure. Um, You know, I've I've been very blessed to work with the Catholic Schools Council and and, uh, the schools in the Archdiocese of Detroit for almost four years now. And it's, it's crystal clear in Unleash the Gospel, that Catholic schools are an important, critical apostolate uh, for the church. Uh, the schools are always going to be with us in one way or another. They are absolutely, absolutely essential to who we are as a, as a church. 
Um, and th when you look, and there's a particular urgency today, especially with the with the, the culture the way it is, we're you know we're post-Christian culture in many many ways. And so I I think about our children and how they're being how they're being formed through that culture. Hmm. They they have to be able they can't learn truth. They're going to learn they're going to learn relativistic small t truths. But to understand capital T truth is to understand what they're learning through the eyes of faith. They have they have zero chance at long-term happiness and wisdom unless they have that personal encounter with with Jesus and then ultimately build that lifelong relationship with him and then and share it with others. Have, having that lens of, of faith illuminates what they're what they're learning. It doesn't detract from it at all. So uh, I was just gonna tell a little story. Of course we're all in quarantine, right? And a few houses down, I live with my parents, and a few houses down um, are these children who are now not in school, and um, they ride by my mom's house on their bikes. It's like a few doors down. They're little, um, and they, like, knock on my mom's door and wave at her, which my mom is an extrovert, so she is, like, very okay with this. And so I guess she was, like, gardening or something the other day, and they were like, hi, you know, Mrs. Center they waved at her and she was like hi and they were talking to her i think about easter because she had put an easter sign up a few a few weeks ago and they were like oh yeah it was easter and she's like yeah that's right because you just rose from the dead and they were like okay and she was like do you know who jesus is and they were no and so Isn't my mom <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's post a post-christian world right so right. my mom's like mm -hmm. i didn't really know what to tell them so I just happened to tell them the story about Jesus, Thomas putting his hand in Jesus' side, and they were like, wow, that's a weird story. <laughs> um, but it's, it's interesting when you talk about that because it's not just like this concept, it's our neighbors, right? The right, people who are right. around us every day. Well, it's one of the reasons why it's so important to be joyful missionary yeah. disciples because the joy is so attractive. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I think this is where there's the beauty and the challenge of being Catholic right now. When when we talk about living in a post-Christian world, there's a temptation on two fronts in my mind. One is to just assimilate to that and to say, mm -hmm. well, we can't, how are we mm -hmm. going to defeat this Goliath, this behemoth of the post-Christian hedonistic secular culture, right? Um, the other temptation is to and no offense to the Amish, but to become Amish, right? To like sure. pull back and say, we're just going to live in our little enclaves cut off from the world and we're not going to engage in that. And our Catholic faith calls us to be engaged in all of the good to build up our society, all of the ways we can cooperate with political leaders and social mm -hmm. and cultural influencers, but at the same time, hold true to what is deeply um, capital T true in our lives, that nothing is more important than Jesus rising from the dead. And so there, there's this tension as Catholics we have to walk of being in the world, but not of the world, not running from it and not fully assimilating to it. And I think, as you mentioned, our Catholic schools are a little bit of ground zero for that, for yeah. helping the next generation of young people know how to navigate those waters. Yeah, you've said it very well.
Yeah, you should, you know, you, should you know, probably probably be on be the Catholic priest? Schools what? Council or be oh. a priest, right? Be a priest. I thought you were going to say you should <laughs> be a priest. I told you you'd be a good priest. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the, uh, I once went to a vocations talk, and we were encouraged to, like, ask, you know, young men that we found in our lives, like, have you ever considered being a priest? So I, like, started doing it, and so... Consider this your invitation. You didn't do it on dates, did you, Danielle? No. <laughs> Don't tell me you how to live my life. You didn't do it on a date, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll do what I want. You're not my real dad. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Okay. You, As that, we that, was, that was a question. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to well, say Well, that's yes all no. the time we have today. <laughs> A clear sign to a guy that you are not interested. (laughs) Hey, bud, here's a flyer. Have you tried to try it on weekend? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. Kathleen, um, we usually, we'd love to ask our guests to give a closing word of, of love, encouragement, wisdom to our listeners. Is there anything that you would um, be so kind to share with the listeners who would love to hear from you tonight? You know, I, I, I think what I would encourage people to do is, is to remember that confidence in God, particularly in this time. Um, he does. He does have this. And, and it, it takes a big load off to realize that we just need to give him our best effort and he will bring the increase. Um, have confidence. Be grateful. Even in, even in the challenging time like this, because all is gift. This is a, it's hard to remember this right now, especially when there's, when there's suffering out there, but everything is gift. And we just gotta, we just gotta trust that God will ultimately show us what the gift is. Amen. Alleluia. Thank you. It was great. Thank you. It was an awesome quarantine grace to spend some time with Kathleen McCann, the executive chairman of the United Road Services, and to hear how she has integrated her faith into a successful life as an executive in the business world and how she has seen awesome growth in the Archdiocese of Detroit over these past decades. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your Trader Joe cashier. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Open Door Detroit. Help us unleash the gospel. Open Door Policy was produced by Ron Pangborn and the creative team of the Archdiocese of Detroit. You know what I've heard a lot lately, Kathleen, is oh people want gosh. more Danielle I'm Center on the podcast. Okay, that's a joke. Don't listen to him. Don't listen. Don't listen. Okay. It gets I, mentioned I, all the time. No, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I'm Father Steve Polis with Danielle Center. And this has been another episode of Open Door Policy.